Check, check, check. I recorded a um, voiceover for the Denver Broncos this week. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so it's their internal pump the players up video. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So if they don't beat the Seahawks. It's your fault? It's kind of my fault. Oh, dang. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Park Church Podcast for the month of October 2018. As you know, I've said it many times, we're taking this year to talk with the church planners and overseas ministers and local nonprofits that we partner with financially. And so today, here again at the office, uh, not not in my office, we're in the studio today, I've got Jordan Fisher. The sound quality might be a little better for this podcast, we had to get away from some construction noise and so we're staring at... Uh, this this wallpaper that is probably 50 years old, but kind of cool looking. And uh, we're, we're here in the studio to talk with Jordan about Hope in Our City, to talk about the great work that they're doing here in Denver with refugees. And uh, I think you will enjoy this talk with him. Um, if you do, then you should hop into iTunes and rate and review us there. That'll just help other people find the show. So if you're enjoying it, that's an easy way to help other people find it. Of course, you can always text a friend or post a link on Twitter or do something like that to help get the word out about uh, the podcast and the work that Jordan and Hope in Our City are doing. If you're interested in any of the resources that we mention on this show and want to find links to those, you can go to parkchurchdenver.org slash park dash podcast. You'll see Jordan's picture there. Click on that to go into the, the episode page and uh, there will be show notes there where you can uh, click on the stuff that we talked about today. Okay, that'll do it for me. Uh, let's get into the interview with Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here. Yeah, man. You've, you've been here before uh, for a staff singing and prayer thing where you shared a little bit about yes. what you did. Yes, um, And And I don't know that we've interacted beyond that. Not much. I know um, we, Park sends a ton of volunteers our way, and so there's a lot of interaction on yeah. a regular basis with, with communities, but uh, not from a formal interview standpoint. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I love your organization and love Thank what you, you guys are doing, um, and so I'm excited to talk about that. I think, first of all, if you could just give us a little context on who you are. Yeah. Uh, before we started recording here, you said you're from the D.C. area. Yeah. Grew up there. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your first... 36 years of life. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I grew up in Northern Virginia, just outside of D.C. Um, uh, my dad is a pastor, um, so um, my whole life I've been a pastor's kid. Uh, and um, what, you Did know, you like that? Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I, I don't know anything differently, right, so right. that's uh, it's the best uh, version of my life right there. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it has its pros and its cons for sure. And, totally. And so, um, but... Um, what kind of church? It was a... Baptist church, but then kind of moved to non-denominational as I was um, getting a little bit older and kind of, um, that's what they, they stuck with now. It's just a Bible church. That's what they call it. So, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, as we were talking about earlier, a uh, huge DC sports fan. So Redskins, um, Caps, go Caps, Ovi. Uh, just heard he's they're, they're, they're contemplating whether he's allowed to use the cup in ways he's been using it. Uh, oh so, um, you know, but uh, it was certainly exciting and fun year yes. to be a Washington fan. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Siblings? I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three boys. Okay. Um, and we grew up, um, when I was five, moved to 150-acre kind of family farm that my grandparents owned and, and lived there the rest of my kind of childhood until 
from there went to college in New York City to okay. the King's College. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, my sister went there. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Um, oh wait, she's how old is she? Thirty? Oh, I shouldn't say on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think you might have just missed her. Okay, she graduated two thousand seven. Okay, I was oh six. Oh. No, I was oh five. My wife was oh six. Okay, okay. So she was probably there. Were you politics, philosophy, and economics? Well, no, because I was business. Oh, you were business. Okay. And so, um, but politics, philosophy, and economics was the big, huge push. That's what everybody was doing. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so I'm go, sure yeah. we crossed paths. Did you like Kings? I loved Kings. Yeah. Um, and my, that's where I met my wife. Okay. Um, Katie, who's born and raised in Littleton, and okay. so um, she ventured out from here. Um, and, uh, that's where we met, got married and lived there for about five years. And then when we decided to have a family, um, that's when we chose between Virginia and Colorado. And, uh, and I'm glad Colorado won. I love Colorado. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. So five years for school. Uh, yeah. So much. I was there four years. Then she was one year up behind me. So okay. I stayed and worked when she, while she graduated. Got it. Yeah. And then wanted to be close to family. Well, yeah. Once we knew we wanted to start having kids and yeah. we, we knew we wanted to be close to family. So it's hard to do in the city too. It's hard. Well, uh, yeah, I was ready to move away from the city. Um, I love visiting New York city. <laughs> yeah. My wife would have stayed and raised kids. Oh really? She loves the city. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So but uh, farm boy. Yeah. Wouldn't... That was, I needed some space. Yeah. Was the concrete jungle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Couldn't it was do too it. much. Okay. Too much. All right. Yeah. And so you settled on Denver. Settled on Denver. just figured we'll find jobs when we get there. Or, no, or... I had a job set up already. Oh, okay. Um, okay. that was the job market was better here. Um, I worked actually with, um, through college, kind of helped pay the way for some college with uh, selling Cutco, the knives, if you yeah, remember that. Okay. Yeah. So nice. did that. Um, and then actually went into management with them and opened an office out in Boulder and was the, the general manager for their office out there. So okay. that was my first job in Colorado, first big boy job. Yeah. And uh, yeah, um, did that for a while and then um, felt like I was kind of tired of working, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week mm. and had a first child that was going to be born in a few months and just felt like it was maybe the right time to turn into something else and uh, uh, started praying about it and doors started opening to go into the nonprofit world. And I kind of didn't really think I was wanting to do that right then. Mm. Um, felt like that would maybe down the road, yeah. I would be ready, but I wanted a little more business experience and whatnot. And so my father-in-law um, convinced me that um, this was the role that I would be doing with an organization called Asian Hope, which was headquartered here out of Denver. Um, and I kind of opened up their U.S. offices and did a lot of their fundraising. I ended up taking that job, but he convinced me that that was a lot of business um, skill sets. Mm. And, and and so um, it was just working for, um, you know, maybe a different cause and a different purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, so um Prayed about it, and uh, which was kind of always the kiss of death, um, <laughs> and uh, decided that this was the right step. So I did that for about eight years. Um, okay. And um, Asian Hope is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And yeah. tell me a little bit more about what that uh, is. So Asian Hope um, started out as an orphanage in Cambodia, and kind of evolved and grew into more of like education. So opened a bunch of schools that are that are nationally renowned now. There, mm-hmm. um, strong Christian schools, um, and then also kind of was working its way towards more of a community development approach um, and the idea of um, the government was cracking down in a lot of ways on orphanages because they were getting abused and, and misused. Mm. And uh, and so a lot of um, cultural things were happening where families learned they could send their kids to orphanages and the orphanage would raise the kids until they're 18 and then they could come back and provide for the family. Um, so the government was kind of uh, mm. uh, cracking down on that a little bit and we kind of were learning that maybe there's some better ways to do it. Although, um, 
you know, we really wanted to invest heavily into the, the, the needy kids there that maybe we could invest in the community and that most of those kids had aunts, uncles, grandparents, and or biological parents, one or two, that could raise them and we could maybe equip the whole system a little bit better. Yeah. So that actually leads to a lot of what helped shape um, some of the thinking behind um, community engagement, mm. um, which, which has led to my wife and I starting Hope in Our City um, and um, some of those, those things we learned through yeah. my time at Asian Hope. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Tell me uh, a little bit about the transition from, from business to nonprofit. Yeah. Right? Like it's not as clear cut as that, like your father-in-law said, you use yeah. that skill set. I think I, I experienced a similar transition out of the business world into yeah. the church world about four yeah. years ago. Um, and I think a, a lot of people wonder about that, Yeah, especially people who maybe, um, well, there's this, there's this false dichotomy, right? About like, there's work that you can do for a church or a nonprofit and that's the real work. Right. Yeah. And then there's work in the business world that supports the, the yeah. real work. Right. Yeah. And so we actually talked with Brian Gray about that last month and about how that's not real. Um, yeah. but I think for guys like you and me, it was actually like, I don't know if I want to go into, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to go do the real work. Right. It was like, Oh, I'm kind of giving up on yeah. this thing. Yeah. So tell me about like, you said your father-in-law played a role, prayer play, played a role, wife, yeah. your wife. Like, yeah. how, how do you make that decision? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. You're taking me back a few years now. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it was it was this place of thinking about um, how do I use my skill set? And I felt like my skill set needed to have a little bit more development. Um, mm. I, I wanted to learn more about business. I wanted to learn more about how... Um, that sector worked. I wanted to get um, uh, um, just some more confidence in it. Mm. Um, felt like that was what I needed, yeah. what I wanted, um, and ultimately what I feel like um, helped me make the decision was that I could still get all that, um, but but do it for something that maybe I was a little bit more passionate about. Mm. Certainly more passionate than about selling knives. Um, and so, uh, although good knives matter, they are. And Hey, for anybody who needs Cutco, <laughs> I still sell them. So, uh, um, chopping it up. Yeah, onion, absolutely. Right? I mean, My wife and I went, was, we spent some of our, Chris, our wedding money on buying a first set. That was before yeah. I even worked for him. Oh, wow. So we still have it. Nice. Um, so, you know, but it was kind of also pitched to me in the context of, of, Hey, you know, you're selling a product for the for-profit world. In the nonprofit world, you're you're really kind of selling the idea of investing into people, mm. and that starts with myself. So that a lot of people need to to invest in. There's not necessarily a product that they can see and feel and touch, especially being an overseas ministry. Right. Um, and so it's are are they going to be able to trust who I am and mm. what I'm selling in terms of the vision and the purpose and the kingdom building work that's going to be done there? And so. Um, I needed actually to, to do my job very well mm. um, in order to pitch that Absolutely. and to um, build trust with people and to um, uh, you know uh, convince them that, that this was a worthwhile investment mm. um, as a fundraiser and, yeah. and, and whatnot. And so that, that transition was difficult um, because it, it honestly went from selling a product to, to in a lot of ways um, convincing them that, that I'm somebody they can trust and and, um, believe in because that's the first step in a lot of these interactions, especially with a product and and programs that are so far away Mm -hmm. being in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like that for me was, was also a little bit more scary. Mm. Um, And uh, so, yeah. 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 Less concrete, right? I mean, much less concrete. Um, that's kind of why I went into business because it was concrete. <laughs> I like numbers and numbers don't lie. And, uh, and yeah. so, 
Um, yeah, but I think that ultimately it was kind of like, which has been the trajectory of my whole life. It seems like is, do I trust that God's going to provide and that God's in control of this and and not me? Mm. Um, and, uh, that's played out in so many different ways from, um, my wife and I, we still do some real estate investments on the side. Um, we, we jumped into that quickly after I started working with Asian hope, learning that, Hey, we just would like to have my wife stay at home with our kids. Mm. And in order to do that with this nonprofit work, um, we need some additional, um, income. Yeah. And so we jumped into that about 10 years ago and, uh, it was a good time to do it. It was a great time yeah. to do it yeah. and, um, scary time to do it, but, yeah. but turned out yeah. to be the best time to get into it. Right. And, uh, and so there's, there's, um, there's a lot of things that, that are still at play in terms of just both the for-profit world, the nonprofit world. Um, but it feels like, um, this is exactly the way God has orchestrated it so that even in the, that real estate investing and, and, and the nonprofit work, it's always been God kind of saying, yeah, I'm not going to exactly show you how this is going to look. Um, Just trust me. And, and yeah, I'll make it work and it won't always feel good. It won't always look the way you thought it would. Um, which was really, really for me, I'm pretty stubborn. Um, don't ask my wife. Um, and, uh, I, really kind of argue with God about saying, well, no, like you need to tell me what this is going to look like. And so progressively, I feel like he's, he's helped me to, to trust him. Mm. Um, and which is also a huge part of even having the courage to start an organization. No kidding. Yeah. So you're, uh, was there <laughs> five twenty one? I'm going to fix that too. I, I had two questions in my head. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't figure you're out good, which one. Man. Um, so when you make that transition to Asian Hope, the first year or two, are you thinking, oh, no, what have I done? Um, yeah, I don't know if it was just the first year or two. Uh, yeah. First couple of years. First, first, all eight years. All of it, maybe, yeah, you know, really? and, and, and to the point, like, when I left Asian Hope, I knew the doors were closing there, and it was still mm. a desire in my heart to go back to the business world. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. It was still something that I was struggling with that I was praying through. Um, and, uh, kind of the same concept, my wife and my father-in-law and people that were influential in my life, like you need to pray about it. Hmm. You know, like, Hmm. um, I told you I'm stubborn. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it was all, and, and it's always been something in my mind you hinted at it earlier like the real work is the in the business world and the and that's all it's still something that i even struggle with this day of thinking like god is this is this valuable enough is this important enough Mm -hmm. um um and uh and because for me one of the things that's so hard about it is you don't you don't get to see the reward a lot yeah you don't you don't get to experience the um the, the, the big transaction or, um, the, the pat on the back or the promotions and the climbing some ladders and a lot of the things that, although like I can cognitively tell you, I know they're, they're vain in in a lot of ways. Like it's not, it's not, my soul's not convinced yet in a lot of ways, you know, and there's that, that's part of that flesh that, um, that I battle every day with it. And, and so, um, and then learning, you know, with relational ministry, Mm just takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Um, and in the same moment I can feel, um, discouraged and encouraged. Um, and so working through the, that range of emotions and battling those fights, um, um, is, is still an everyday battle. And so, yes. Yeah. So, so no, I, I that feeling has not left. <laughs> it's still. not gone. It's um, not gone. And, and yet 
it leads again to like a dependence on trusting that, that it's not even about how I feel today about God's promises and God's guiding me to this point. It's, it's reading through the old Testament. It's reading through a lot of the things and seeing their struggle to even remember, Hey, God parted the Red Sea, mm. you know, Hey, God saved us from this. Hey, God showed up in the cloud. God gave us the 10 commandments. And it's like, Oh, their memory is only as good for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a couple of years as well. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of what he, he's called us to. Absolutely. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a battle that I still work through. We're forgetful people. Yes, for sure. Yes. Um, and those, you know, when you're in the business world, you're right. Those title changes and those promotions yeah. and those pay bumps yeah. feel pretty nice, they do. right? Yeah. So I just started my own organization, <laughs> gave myself the top tip level. CEO. That's right. There you go. Um, I I sat here two years ago with Mike Cosper uh, recording the first podcast for this, and he he uh, wrote a newsletter this week. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to Harbor Media to their newsletter, he he does that once a week, I think, and it's great stuff. This week he talked about how the work is never done yeah. uh, in ministry. And so if you're a painter, you can tell, because mm-hmm. that was one of his first jobs, right? He's a painter, and yeah. it's very easy to see when the work is yeah. done, when you can move on to yeah. the next thing. Um, yeah. But he had he kind of wrapped it up by saying, we we can be sure of the fact that God is making all things yes. new. Yeah. And that we're playing, we get to play a small part in that yeah. right now. Yeah. And it does take a really long time, yeah. and we have to be really patient. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, but we have a hope of where we're heading, right? Yeah, and absolutely. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, uh, part of what the struggle is of, of, you know, the here and, and, and now yet, not yet mm-hmm. in, in this place of, um, knowing what Jesus asks us to do. Um, but knowing that we don't get to understand it, yeah. um, and we don't get to see that fruit. Yeah. Um, and you know, to, to, to tie in the fact that, you know, hope in our city is working, as you pointed earlier, with refugees, refugee communities, and so we engage the whole community. But a lot of that focuses on on even Muslim populations, mm-hmm. and those are the, a lot of the opportunities that God's opened up. And so, you know, you talk about building relationships, you're talking about trust, you're talking about patience, you're talking about all these things that if we were to try to bust down the walls and be aggressive, it would not lead to to much fruit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, that's also been a huge. Uh, process yeah. for me personally, yeah. slowing down and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Asian Hope is is wrapping up. Is that Asian what you were Hope? Saying? No, they oh, well, they still, they're still just, going. They're still going. Um, you could just tell that your time was my time. I, it was okay. just clear that the doors are closing for me. It was okay. time for me to okay. to move on, um, and uh, um, which again, <laughs> talk about stubbornness. My wife saw it a year before I did, and, and she kind of pointed it out to me, and. Um, I kind of said, no, I think, I think I can make it through this and, and, you know, kind of just put my head down and a year later I was like, no, you're right. (laughs) And, uh, and so, um, but it just kind of led to that place of, of saying, man, what do I really want to be doing now? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, thinking again, like, okay, I really like real estate. Maybe that's where I want to go. And, and, um, um, just thankfully good sound wisdom, you know, my wife just kind of saying, I don't think you'll be happy there. Hmm. Um, and, uh, but just saying, why don't you just pray about it? And so there's a lot of wrestling with God. A lot of, uh, at that point, my daughter was, who was my fourth child, um, was only a few months old. Hmm. And I kind of just said, God, you're crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Um, this would be the last time that on, on a strategic plan, I would think I would start an organization. Um, and, uh, 
So he, through a series of events, reminded me of what we talked about earlier, that he's in control. Mm. Um, and so uh, kind of a quick snapshot of that, I'm sitting on a balcony of a house that we live in, and um, it overlooks this park, and, and there was this this transformation of me moving into the city because we felt like my wife and I felt like we wanted to be into the city. And again, I'm a little bit stubborn. Uh, my wife knew that two years before I kind of came around to it. You need to listen to your wife, man. Uh, hey, it went from two years to one year. <laughs> so, uh, getting better, getting better, getting better. Uh, that's a lifelong journey. <laughs> so, um, but it was this process of feeling like God, I don't want to move into the city and live in a box. I grew up on 150 acres. Mm. I don't want to have be claustrophobic. I don't know how this is going to work. Da da da. And him just saying, "Trust me." Uh, long story short, we ended up buying a house that was on the park. Um, that is beautiful. We thought we paid too much. In hindsight, looking back, there's no. I mean, it's a steal of the deal. Mm. All kinds of things happened. We popped the top. Like we had investors like God just opened the doors over and over and over again. And I'm sitting here now on this balcony, looking at the park, having this fight with God about starting an organization and him stopping me and reminding me saying, do you remember before you moved into this house that you thought you would live in a box, you'd be claustrophobic and you'd hate it. Now look at what I've given you. Mm. It far surpasses everything you ever could have imagined. And I never once told you any of the steps that I would take you on to get you here. Mm. And that's just a house. Mm. How much more will I do it if it's about people that I care for? Mm. Um, and so I, at that point, I kind of felt stupid and uh, said, okay, God, um, I don't even know, honestly, how I believe about refugees being here, but that's in your hands. Mm. So, um, wow. Yeah. Who, where did the refugee thing start? Yeah, uh, so the concept was, was birth. Katie and I were talking about it and the idea of just kind of engaging communities that were at risk and in need and, and building into them holistically. And then uh, my father-in-law, who uh, was the VP of programs for the Denver Rescue Mission uh, for about 20 years, he's still with them. He's just kind of, uh, he's now uh, the spiritual director there. Um, and he just, we asked him, like, what do you think of this idea? And he said, I think it's a great idea. I think you should kind of hone it down, narrow it down a little bit more mm. to a specific people group. Mm. Um, and he suggested refugees for us. And not because nobody is doing work for them, but just because there's, it's a huge need. And uh, so that's how we got focused in on the refugee population. And honestly, I kind of got cold feet at that point and just felt like this is not, I don't know anything about them. Mm. I don't know where they live, how they exist, how they get here. And like I just said, I don't really know how I even believe politically mm. about them being mm. here. Um, and part of it was, I just honestly didn't know anything. Yeah. never thought about it. Just didn't know they really were here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that led to, not, not ignorant pejoratively. Sorry. Just no, no knowledge of the, of the kind, population. Yeah. Right? No knowledge of it. But, but I mean, probably kind of ignorant, okay. like, like willingly. Cause huh. I just, just, did, like, just kind of hands back. Yeah. Don't, it's kind of polarizing and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and didn't really, that was part of what I was kind of confronted with when we decided to leave Asian Hope was this place of I want to be more engaged with my own backyard and I don't even really know what's going on here. Um, yep. And But I would imagine if people in a third world country need people, that, that that's not an issue about wealth, that's an issue about humanity. Hmm. So if that concept is true in Cambodia, it's also going to be true in Denver. And our hypothesis was let's just go build friendships with people and see what happens. And... Uh, um, my wife is, loves to read and I don't. And so she reads lots of these books and then gives me the cliff notes. And so, uh, one of the very first books she read about this kind of 
idea of refugee ministry was, although there's lots of tangible needs, the number one need is they need friends. Hmm. Um, and a similar concept, if we were to be dropped off in the middle of the Sahara Desert and given a bucket and a, and, a, and a shovel, would we know how to survive? I'd have no clue. But if somebody were to come alongside of us and welcome them into their culture and teach us how to use those skills, teach them how teach us how they apply in their culture, as well as befriend us and welcome us, um, we would do a lot better. Yeah. And so that was kind of the concept that was birthed in the very beginning. Um, again, we had literally no game plan except for to just show up and kind of build friendships. Okay. And when was this? This was 2014. Was when we started it, and then I went full time in January 2015. Okay, so so were you still working for Asian Hope? I, I was transitioning out, okay. which is why I went, kind of started the organization. Was transitioning out and for a few months, and then then went full time um, at the new year. And what does that mean? Were you fundraising? Hardcore? Fundraising, yeah, yeah working on um, building some of the the logistical um, and and administrative stuff, um, putting some strategies together. Um, working on logos, working on all that kind of stuff, websites, you know, those types of things. Doing just, just kind of getting stuff yeah. ready yeah. as well as fundraising so there's some funds available okay. when, we, when we launched. So Was it just the two of y'all, you and your wife? just the two of us. Okay. Um, and it was, it, was, um, um, it was just lots of friends stepped in mm. and contributed and, um, you know, with logos, with design stuff, with, um, you know, spreading the word, with hosting dinners, you know, it's just a really cool way to see how many people supported us in that process, yeah, no kidding. Um, which was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So where, when you say building friendships, where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. So that was a big part of it. We didn't know again, anything about how to, to do this. And so, um, we connected with another good friend of ours who introduced us to some friends. We kind of felt like the West side was where we wanted to be. We we're a little bit closer in terms of living there, but then, um, there's a lot of organizations doing stuff in the East Denver Aurora area. Okay. And so, um, we got introduced to some, some people on the federal corridor and, uh, kind of from like, uh, Alameda Evans all the way up to like, kind of like uh sixth area. Yeah. And uh, a little bit higher, you know, maybe Colfax area. Mm -hmm. and, and so it kind of felt like, okay, let's start to meet some of these families. And then it became clear to us uh, as we just continued to pray about it that, that the Sun Valley neighborhood, which is now where we've landed, which is just south of the Bronco Stadium, kind of 6th to 12th Avenue, 6th um, to Colfax, um, from Federal to the Platte River. It's mm -hmm. this little boxed-in area down mm -hmm. there. And that that would be a community we could really jump into. Um, it's Denver Housing Authority. Um, and about 50% of its residents are refugees. Wow. And so we felt like that was really where we wanted to focus and, okay. and, um, jumped in there. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and what does, what does jump in mean? Yeah. You know, like I, I just, yeah. It was, um, you just show up there and yeah. So we, we did, we yeah. kind of just said, how do we do this? And, and kind of got the idea of, of, well, why don't we just show up and like do what we know, which yeah. is we, we all, my wife and I, and my in-laws all grew up playing sports. So that's just bring some balls and show up after school one day. Okay. And so we did that on a Friday afternoon and uh, kind of um, told some of our friends that we'd met, hey, would you spread the word and just show up? And so we had about 20 kids show up uh, that first day, wow. and that turned into our glorified recess, which is still an <laughs> ongoing program. And, and we kind of just said, hey, we'll be here every Friday. That was February of 2015. Okay. Uh, we'll be here every Friday. Rain, snow, sun, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, we'll be here. Yeah. And um that was our first launch of kind of meet on a regular basis there. And, and it's kind of grown from there, but yeah. it was all just have fun and games and build, build trust and relationships. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So 
And so now, so that was two and a half years ago. Yeah, three and a half years ago. Three, yeah. three and a half years Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm bad at math. Apparently. That's okay. That's, That's okay. We, it's good to have a numbers guy in here with me. I'm a words guy, not a numbers guy. <laughs> uh, three and a half years ago. Thank you. Yeah. So what, what has that transformed into? Yeah. So I would, um, be remiss not to, to include my own transformation in that process. Yeah. Um, because it felt like for sure the first three months, if not the whole first year, I was the most, I was, I received the most from starting the organization. Mm. Um, and, and God had to really open my eyes in a lot of ways. And so um, we've actually hosted an event at Park Church a few years ago that was on this idea of Refugee Center City, which is kind of an educational tool that we've put together um, because of learning that I wasn't the only one that struggled with a lot of these things. And, uh, and so the process that I felt like God took me through was, hey, the first thing is you need to know my heart for, for the foreigner. Um, and so I started reading scripture on what his heart was, what his commands were for Israel. Um, And one of the key features um, and commands that made them different from every other culture of, of kind of the ancient world was you're supposed to love and welcome the foreigner. No other cultures had that as a command. Yeah. And so um, that, that was convicting because in a lot of the verses I had used prior with the organization I was with, which we were working with orphans and widows in the same breath and sentence was about the foreigner and the refugee and the immigrant. And I just never even stopped to see that part of it. And because my lens was always in a different way. Hmm. And so that was convicting. So that was the first step of this. God saying, you need to know my heart. You need to understand who these people are. And it's not a political issue. Hmm. Um, It doesn't matter how they got here or why they're here. It doesn't matter how you voted. It matters that they are here. And if they're here, I'm telling you to take care of them. Um, and uh, that was that was important for me. Um, then the second kind of step of that that process was beginning to learn learn the facts. And so, uh, not what I hear in the media, not what I think, not what I hear from other people, but begin to learn kind of the hard facts. Hmm. Um, and that was pretty eye opening to me. Um, and what did uh, you find out? Uh, just the process they go to, through the most vetted of anybody that gets into the U.S. That process is usually anywhere from a year to two year process of when they actually get the notice that, hey, we're going to interview you. Mm. <laughs> we're going to start the process. You win the lottery and now you're going to start the process. Um, they spend the majority of them a dozen years in a refugee camp after they've already escaped whatever country they're leaving. Um, and then and then they win the lottery to get accepted into, let's just say, the U.S. And then the U.S. does their vetting process. Um, the federal government is the ones that bring them over. So they're, they're given green cards, they're given legal status. Um, and um, then they are wanting to be here. They're wanting to invest. They're wanting to work hard. And there's now 10-year studies done on some of these con- d- different cities that has brought in refugees. Um, and they the studies have, have given credit to the refugees being there for the success of the city um, because of how, um, if you look at it again, just from a purely economical standpoint, they far out exceed whatever expenses was, was invested to bring them here Mm. um, with what they pay back in taxes, with what the revenues they bring in because of their work ethic, those types of things. Um, And, uh, but then on top of it, the culture they bring, the sense of community they bring um, things that we aren't very good at Mm. as a culture Mm. and, um, and they're incredibly invaluable. Um, So that was the second thing. The third thing was getting to know their stories. Um, And so meeting them, hearing their stories, and then putting myself in the story by building a relationship with them um, broke down a ton of barriers and a ton of walls. And so that was really the first three months, first year for me. Okay. Um, 
And then it just continued to grow as we, we learned how to build into people. We learned how to build relationships. Everything even to this day that we do is relationship driven. Although there's some more meat in, into the bone of certain programs, like we have an ESL program, we have a sewing program, we have a youth leadership program. We do lots of things that have tangible goals, yeah. but all of them are still driven to the point of we want to build deeper friendships because that's not only where we get to know their needs more specifically, but we get invited into their lives and we get to invite them into our lives. And as a result, organically authentic relationships happen about faith, mm. which is obviously one of our huge goals, mm. um, which is really exciting because in the last year alone, we've had more opportunities to share about Jesus in a way that was natural than we did in the first two and a half years combined. And, yeah. um, and so it's a pretty exciting time. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I'm just trying to get like a clear picture in my head. The, the goal is to love and befriend refugees in the Sun Valley. Yeah. Uh, figure out what their needs are and help to serve those needs, yeah. help to give them skills. Yeah. And then eventually where you've built trust, you can have conversations about Jesus and about faith. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Fair? It's, it's the, the concept is we don't, we don't think that they need us in this kind of weird sense, but instead that we want to empower them because they've obviously survived more than I could ever imagine the resolve, their toughness, is is beyond my comprehension. Mm. Um, and so what we can do is connect them in ways that are, are valuable to them in terms of the tangible needs, because each person is different. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of half of our work. And the other half is, yeah, we really want to get to that place where we're able to be all authentically having conversations about God um, and about Jesus. And, uh, and it's been done recently in ways where people have brought it up to us because they're curious. Mm. Um, whereas mm. before that, those same individuals wouldn't even talk to us about it. Even if we brought it up, mm. they would just say, I can't talk about that. Mm. And so, and now they're asking you, and now they're asking us. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. It is. It's Love exciting. It. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Um, you're a strategic guy where do you have, here's where I want to be in five, 10, 20, 50 years? Yeah, I do. I've got all kinds of ideas, but I've learned and my board has reminded me that God's in control and to not hold on to them very tightly. Um, no, I'd love, we bought a place in Sun Valley. We own space down there. Um, and, um, I'd love to build it out. Um, I'd love to, to build it out and to, to use it, um, for, um, you know, this is, this is a big pipe dream. Um, but it's, it's kind of, um, I'm, I'm still praying about whether it's my dream or God's dream and what kind of that looks like, but it, it would be this concept of building out the space. We have the land we have, it's zoned already to be five stories high, mixed use income, um, or, or for profit, nonprofit, doesn't matter, um, commercial space, residential space. And so, um, build it out in a way that we can create some workspace for people to, to do some, some stuff from the neighborhood, whether it's restaurants or retail mm-hmm. or whatever, um, create some space that we can have housing that we can, um, ha- rent and be landlords to people as they move out of projects, out of that government housing. They can move in with us as their landlords, and, and we can equip them by training them how to to take care of a space with the goal of three, to, three years or whatever they are buying a space, mm-hmm. um, and they know how to manage it, and we can build some sort of programs into that where their, their rent is offset, where you know, a portion of it goes to us, and the other portion of it we put into some sort of a savings account so they actually have a down payment, you know, build stuff out to, to again, empower them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our offices and our programs in there as well, but it's just a space that's multi-use, multifunctional, 
in the neighborhood because that's a huge point for us is we know there's all kinds of resources available, but they're, the obstacles a lot of the time are the distance. Yeah, getting and if, there. And yeah. yeah, if we can keep everything in the community, yeah. that's a huge goal of ours. And that's just, that's just a pipe dream of mine of, of how to do that in a really fun way. Hmm. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Park Church volunteers. Uh, what are they volunteering for? And then maybe a bigger question of just generally how can people support uh, support y'all, whether it's through time or prayer or money or yeah. what, what have you? Yeah. No, Park's been huge. Um, I wish I had some specific numbers, but we have volunteers that show up on a, on a weekly basis okay. regularly within our programs. And so I know we've got guys that are in our youth leadership program that are, are working with groups of 6th grade to 12th grade guys um, and girls um, and if you kind of the big, easiest way to visualize that is it's kind of like a youth group without kind of the Jesus in your face approach. And so it's life skills. It's um, and, and we believe that if something is true, that it comes from God because all true things come from God. And so if we're speaking truth into the lives, even if it's not directly saying God or Jesus, they're meeting God and Jesus. Yeah. And so yeah. um, that is a really cool um, program. We've got guys from Park at that. We've got we've got people at Park. Um, that are, are doing our women's conversation groups on a weekly basis. I think also our ESL classes. So there's weekly mm. involvement okay. um, every week from park members, um, as well as we do um, the random stuff. I know over the summer we had our summer kids club, and park was a huge partner in that. Yeah. Um, and then we also do our glorified recess, which mm-hmm. is still on Fridays after school, 345 to 5 o'clock. Um, bring your kids. I mean, that's that that's one of the in my mind, the best picture of what our goal is, that and Kids Club, because I have four kids, and we bring our kids to that as much as possible. They're, into, they're getting older, and they're getting into sports now, so you know it conflicts sometimes. But like, it's my family showing up, hanging out with their family, and, and the families in the community. And mm-hmm. so like some of my kids' better friends are kids from Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just this, this awesome visual of seeing all these different cultures and worlds come together and collide and be breaking down all the barriers that, that we know exist and sometimes don't even know exist. Um, and so even just from like racial tensions and, and forget the fact that the refugees are not, um, but we look and think and and believe differently and Mm. we, we're here playing games together and it's really a a beautiful picture. Um, so there's those types of opportunities. Um, you know, we are a nonprofit, so we're always looking for, for donations. Um, the vast majority of our donations comes from, come from individuals. Um, and so there's always ways to give monthly or one time or to special programs or events. Um, but park is also like you mentioned in the very beginning, a financial partner Mm. And, and it's um, we we thrive because of partnerships like this, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. are able to do what we do because of it. So we're, we're incredibly thankful, not only for the organizational structure that that gives into it, but for the individuals from Park that that give their time and their money too. Hopeinourcity.org. Uh, Hopeinourcity.org. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and people can find. Everything that we've mentioned. Everything that we've mentioned. Ways to donate, um, list of programs, sign up, schedule for volunteer hours, and all that stuff is all on our on our website. Great, cool. We'll link to that on the uh, show page, like I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, And so, if you have interest in showing up for one of those recesses, or checking out one of the weekly things, or making a gift, or or whatever you might want to do, go to hopeinourcity.org. To find out more information about that, we always wrap up with some fun questions. Okay. You ready for those? Maybe. <laughs> I don't think I have a choice. What's the uh, What's the best thing that you've 
the best media that you've consumed lately, whether that be a book or mm. a movie, or I guess you don't read, so uh, <laughs> a movie or a Shockingly, TV show. I'm, I'm getting better at it. I've, <laughs> I've read, um, and actually, I'd have to say um, the first thing that comes to mind is a book because okay. I finished a few months ago uh, Henry Nouwen's book, The Return of the Prodigal. Yeah. And I um, just this week bought a poster of that painting yeah. to put up in my office. Yes, and um, uh, it's one of it's one of a handful of books that I could say that I've read from beginning to end mm. and since I've graduated college. Wow. So okay, uh, I've got it on my shelf. I bought it a couple months ago. Okay, on a it's friend's recommendation. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'll yeah. get into it. Okay, Return of the Prodigal. Uh, have you been to the movies? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, love Jurassic World. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah. I actually so haven't good. seen any of the Jurassic Park movies. It's so good. Okay. And my kids were just watching the first one. They they watched before school yesterday and today, and I was like, I forgot about this movie. This one's really good, too, but we just went and saw the, the most recent one. Those, I love those movies. Okay, nice. TV? You guys watch TV? We watch a little bit of TV. We watch a lot of sports, though. Okay. Uh, but I really like a series, Longmire. Yeah. The yeah. the Wyoming Sheriff. Yes. It's a fantastic Western culture and modern-day world. Great. So, yeah. Love it. Uh, let's see. What's next? Uh, iPhone or Android? Android all the way. Wow. Mac is not cool. Whoa. You're saying that to your Apple. I, 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 look I, at I know. I know. Uh, no, I, I've just never got into it. And okay. so Android's always been my thing. And, and it's some, it's a weird thing to stand strongly against, but it, it, I, for whatever reason, yeah. like I might, I don't know why. All right. You're an outlier on this show. I, I know. Say. Yeah. I know. I'm an outlier, I think, for all of Denver. But but Android is is making its way. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're getting there. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know. There's... Apple's a trillion dollar company. Yeah. I'll just say that. Amazon hit a trillion bucks. Did I you saw that. that. Yeah. I got crazy. that update. Yeah. 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 Two so, of them now. Mm, um, what's small the... business. Small business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Android's really small business. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. What's the best uh, meal that you've had recently? Ooh. Um, well, I'll share two. Okay. Um, my wife made some steak the other day, steak and potatoes, mm. and that's one of my favorites. What are we talking about? Like, like flank uh, steak. Flank steak. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Um, and then, um, potatoes are we, potatoes are we like chopped baked? up, they're baked, but they're, they're like chopped up into little squares. Oh yeah. Little things. Put them in the oven. Put them in the oven. Yeah. Kind of oil. golden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little yeah. salt and pepper. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they kind of get crispy. Nice. Oh, come and, on. Uh, yeah. They're so good. Nice. Uh, that. And so then eating out is a, is a Kaya Den on Pearl, South yeah. Pearl Street. So next to Sushi Den. Yes. It's, it's um, a special occasion kind of place, mm. but it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's yeah. A, yeah. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's our favorite. The best you can find. Yeah. Best. I think in yeah. Denver. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great answers. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh yeah, uh, billboard. If you could put a billboard anywhere in the world, where would you put it and what would it say? Wow. Yeah. I steal that one from Tim Ferriss. Holy smokes. That's a good one, right? Yeah, you should have prepped me on that one. Uh, <laughs> I like to surprise people with that one. I would put that in New York City. Okay. And I... Oof. I would probably just try to keep it simple yeah, and say something like, Jesus loves you. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Excellent. Would you link them to anything? Just say Jesus loves you. Let that be it. Just let that be it. That's it. Let them wrestle with it. Okay. Yeah. Great. 
Uh, I forgot the nerdy question. Okay. You don't seem like a super nerdy guy. Uh, I don't but know. But do you have something nerdy that you don't really want to tell me about, but you're going to anyway? What's this thing? This is a Fitbit? This is a Fitbit. That's not really nerdy. No, though. that's not nerdy, no, and that's... I'm not that into fitness. Um, you, have, you have these cowboy boots I got boots cowboy on. boots. I like them? cowboy boots. Yeah. They got, they got stripes and stars on them. Right. Um, that, gosh, nerdiness. Do you have uh, any nerdy things? I don't know. Is journaling nerdy? I don't think so. Okay. You uh, journal? I do journal. Okay. Um, I think that's just emotionally healthy. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> um, although I, I was strongly opposed to it. Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. So, did your uh, wife convince you on that one too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good. Yeah, she reminds me when she doesn't see me journaling <laughs> of its importance. Um, nerdiness. Uh, man. I'm really childish. Um, like yeah. I like candy a lot. Okay. I love candy stores. And really? I loved like, I love like video games, but I can't allow myself to play them because okay, I'll just lose you, myself in them. Really? Like you Fortnite. Have um, you played it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> um, but I sometimes the kids in, in Sun Valley love it, and my kids uh, love it. So sometimes I just do it as like it's a work time. Right. Air quotes are right here, uh-huh. and I play with them at, in the office. Okay. And so. Uh, um, I'd really like to be better, but I'm afraid that if I allow myself to actually go there, it's a deep dark hole. Yeah, I yeah. won't come out. Um, but so, that's also like a cover because I'm just so bad that it's an excuse um, to not get better. To not get better. Yeah. So I don't know if that's something you want to devote too much time <laughs> to getting better at. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's good. Yeah. So candy and video games are are um, uh, pleasures. What's the? There's an adjective before that. Secret play? No, that's uh, whatever. There are things that you like that uh, yeah. that you try not to indulge yourself in too much. Yeah. yeah. Vices. Vices. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. What's your favorite candy? Oh, I love, uh, I like chocolates. Okay. But I really, um, if I had to choose only one thing, I yeah. would probably choose, mm-hmm. baby, baby Ruth's. Whoa. Yeah. That's a, Baby Ruth's are like the... Uh, Arby's of candy bars. Yeah, they're like people forget about them. Yeah, but they're really good. Really good. You know what I mean? And you just can't find it. You just I don't eat them as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, love them. But then you remember that they exist, and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I see one in a mixed box, kind of I always go for that. <laughs> so, okay, we've really we've gone off the reservation here. We should probably wrap this thing up. Anything else that you want to share or say? Totally fine if not. Um, no, I think the last thing I would say is um, to anybody who's listening. Um, this is one of the things that we talk a lot about, whether it's in educational stuff at churches or just to volunteer training. But uh, from a people standpoint, from a refugee standpoint, from an immigrant standpoint, I think the, the, the best piece of advice that I have is um, it doesn't matter where you stand on the spectrum, um, that, that God meets you wherever you are with it, um, as he did with me. And there's always a place to step in and, and um, to get involved and to get engaged regardless of where you stand, whether you're super passionate or super afraid or just think it's the worst idea in the world. Hmm. Um, and uh, God embraces you where you're at and uh, um, puts you kind of on a fun roller coaster. So, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe show up for a uh, glorified recess and, and just start there. Just start there. Yeah. Yep. It's easy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Appreciate yeah, it. We really appreciate it. That'll do it for our interview with Jordan Fisher. Uh, Again, he is with Hope in Our City. 
and they work uh, in Sun Valley with uh, the refugee population there doing uh, really good stuff in that neighborhood. And so you can go to hopeinourcity.org to learn more about that and to uh, maybe consider volunteering or donating. Uh, again, go to parkchurchdenver.org slash park-podcast. You'll see Jordan's name and picture there. You can click on it, go into the show notes, and uh, check out their organization. Check out uh, the resources that we talked about. Maybe maybe Longmire will be your new uh, show that you binge, or uh, or maybe you'll go to Izakaya Den and try the best sushi in Denver. But we'll have links to everything up there. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with, I can't remember who, whoever's next on, on the card that I'm working through. But we'll have uh, another great conversation with a nonprofit that we're partnering uh, financially here in the city of Denver with. So uh, thanks again for listening and uh, have a great month. We'll see you in November. Bye.